Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina creative, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, that's my little man, he's 10 going on 40 because he's an old soul, but other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. Now, why do I have a wide range of peeps on here? It's because I come from the music, art, and Web3 industries. Word to Your Mama comes out every Monday. This is episode 135. Today, we have Courtney Running Fox. She is a multidisciplinary artist, mother, And she is based out of what we know now as Canada. She is part of the Blackfoot Indigenous community. And we attempted to record, we we actually recorded a full-blown episode uh, maybe about a month ago. But the powers beyond us, the powers that be, said, nope, it's not going to go down. We recorded, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, and the audio did not appear. It did not appear. So <laughs> she was very, very kind and allowed me, you know, the grace and the opportunity to re-record. Um, so thank you so much to Courtney. So she is part of the Blackfoot Indigenous community, and she speaks on her mission of why she entered Web3 and how she's utilizing the new technologies to build community and help preserve culture you know her cultural heritage whether it's language history art and beyond so we also have a discussion about healing via learning the language uh, we talk about motherhood and we talk about generational wisdom and so much more I was able to meet Courtney Running Fox in April at NFT NYC their panel uh, indigenous, I believe it's called Indigenous and Web3, was very powerful. And there was crying uh, on stage and crying for those of us in the audience. And it was right before the Latina and Web3's panel. And I was like, I got to reach out. I got to reach out to them. I got to figure out how we can continue the conversation and continue to collab. And so when we did wrap up Twitter spaces, which is like, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't frequent on Twitter, it's like a podcast, right? But it's live. It happens live. And you can do little emojis to say yes, like hearts and da 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 So we had one. All I'm at the verse. We had one. And um, they were invited. Courtney wasn't able to make it. But then Courtney and A, who is also an indigenous artist, who is working with them, uh, with Courtney on uh, Outlier Rising, they invited us to their Twitter space, and that was powerful as well. So, yeah, it's it's a great connection. We've also had meetings in between the, the recording and when we met in the Twitter space, and it's, I don't know, man, it's it was meant to be, and, and it's super powerful. And I also wanted to speak on the fact that this is our first podcast interview ever folks first and I'm super honored that she she did it with us first also she is kind and and she's a kind and soft-spoken entity but but don't get it twisted 
right? Uh, there's a song, and I have a link to the dilated song, and it 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 goes something like, "Don't mistake my kindness for weakness." Let's remember that. Let's remember that. All right, and then don't forget, after the meat of the episode, we go into the Supernatural Bear Corner. Lately, he's been dropping some of his fully originally produced tracks that it for some you know projects he's working on. But I don't know, maybe if he feels up to it, because you know I don't dictate what he does in his space. Maybe he'll speak on something else. Who's to say? Who's to say? And then after that, we have a wrap up. So yes, let's get into it. So, um, yeah. Courtney, thank you so much for doing this. A little BTS. We tried to do this before. We did it before. No, we didn't try. Yeah, we did. We did it before. But, yeah. you know, all the whatever was out there was not having it for us. So it wasn't <laughs> in the stars. So thank you so much for taking the time out again to do it. I really appreciate you. Love seeing you. Um, so let, let's start it off. How are you sure. doing today? I'm doing good. I have a little, like I'm getting over a cold, you know, with it, like that really husky cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just, yeah, I'm, but I'm doing good. And it was Indigenous People's Day yesterday. So there was a lot of events happening. Um, I actually would have been in Vancouver if it wasn't for childcare today. Um, but you know, things work out the way it is. My littlest one went to orientation for nursery on Tuesday and or Monday and Tuesday. And I didn't leave him. The first day he cried, he hugged me and he cried Aww. and he was like, don't leave mom, stay with me. So the teacher said, try again tomorrow. And on Tuesday, I just stayed with him the whole time and he had so much fun. And I think he will enjoy nursery because it's only for a few hours during the day. Yeah. So... I think he will enjoy it because he's always like my friends. Like I want to go play with my friends, like every little person we see. So, yeah, that's how I've been. <laughs> oh well, I hope you feel better. And uh, last time your little one was sick, and now you're getting over being <laughs> sick. But I totally understand that transition phase for the little ones, right? Like they don't want to let go of you, and then pretty soon they're just gonna be like, "Peace out, mom." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think about that day and I think it'll be harder to actually let them go when when they're ready. Oh, so, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, I was I have a picture of me and a picture of him walking away. And I remember I was just crying in the garage like what is happening right now? Like, because it happens so fast, especially when they're little and it's their first venture out and you're just like. And it's funny because the supernatural bear, my son, was just talking about that yesterday. He was saying, you know, he taught he's like an old soul. He's talking like it was so long ago. And he goes, oh, I remember the good old days when I'd wake up and go to preschool and be with my friends. And he started remembering like all the things that they used to do and how he didn't have homework. <laughs> he was like reminiscing yeah. on those days. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> love love sending to you because I know that that's hard for us, you know, and I, I try to explain to, to the supernatural bear all the time I, I, that, you know, I don't know if he'll ever understand it either because I know being, for me, my perspective anyways, being a father, being a mom is so different for me, like the experience, because depending on how you became a mom, if you became a mom, cause you 
you know, carried the child. There's this different level of connection. And I told him, I was like, I was like, my job for me and how I look at my job as a mom, as a mama bear is that I'm getting you ready so that you don't need me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's true. heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. And I don't know how you feel, but especially having, you know, boys or little humans that identify as boys, like that's that crazy connection, love bond. It's, you know, it's like this special little thing. And oh my God, I'm gonna start crying. I don't want to start crying, but yeah. you get it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I think motherhood is just a whole different emotion. And I think like ultimately it's just that unconditional love and like, yeah, they're a part of you. So you never want to let them go. But yeah, I always think about that. And my mom will always tell me like, you think it's hard right now? Like it's going to be hard. Like when they're your age, like I have to like pray every day that you guys are fine make the right choices and she said you have no idea and then when you have grandkids she said like that's another whole worry um but yeah <laughs> so yeah no i i get it i mean yeah people are telling me because i'm an older mom and so you know my, supernatural bears young but friends of mine have adult kids are like oh no i thought i'd be done this is like next level it's that that having to let go enough for them to live their own life and make their own mistakes and you just have to like kick back and not yeah maybe not say anything you know unless it's like dire or something and I'm like oh my god I can't I can't imagine and being already through when they're in heartbreak of some sort oh my god it kills me like you just want to take it all away and you can't Anyways, yeah. mamahood, levels, mad levels. Um, but it's a beautiful, but all that to say, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. I'm here to say that I never wanted to be a mom and here I am. And I think it's the best thing. One of the one of the best things to ever happen to me as far as to help me with my personal growth and to be a better person, to learn, to have them as a little mirror, as a little yeah. reflect, you know, to show you who you really are and how how you need to improve or how you should improve all that good stuff. But um, yeah. So, so to mamas, to mamas all around the world. Yeah. <laughs> goes to you. Okay, Corny. So that's how you're doing. So let's let the people know where you're born and raised. I was born and raised on block, block of territory. So I was born in a town called Cardston and uh, I was raised in, the city of Lethbridge, um, but also on and off the res at my grandparents um, on the blood reserve. So that's where I'm from. I live in the uh, on the Sixtica Nation right now, and that's where my husband is from. And so this is where I'm raising my children. Um, but ultimately, this is all Blackfoot territory. So born and raised Blackfoot territory. Blackfoot territory. That's amazing. And, and this might be, let me know if you're like, nah, I don't want to answer that. But I just thought of it right now. Was it important? Was it important to you? Was it for you to be with someone that was also indigenous, or did it just happen to be that way? I think it just happened to be that way um, because of where I live um, and just social circles 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, if I think about it, I am like, I want to, I want my children to be with um, Blackfoot or Indigenous, but it's up to them. I'm not like, but I just want our, am I whatever? Like, I don't know the word if I want our line to remain pure. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, I mean, it just worked out that way. Um, and yeah. Got it. Yeah. I was just wondering and it, and it makes, I think, um, I think it makes a difference, right? It's like different if, if I were to talking to someone else and they're like, I want them to stay within the state. Like, I feel like there's, I don't know what the word is either. Um, a, a, a purpose. For wanting to have that because of the history of indigenous yeah. in, around the world. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's like it's another level. It's not uh, what people are like, oh, that's so racist. Like, no, nah, like you. I think there's levels to this as well. So I, I, yeah. I get it. So that's why I just wanted to ask, like, how was it a conscious thing or just happened to be that way? But I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, So what would you say? Because all of us that are, um, you know, marginalized, there's a couple of ways, depending on how you were raised, that you go. Sometimes there's that fork in the road, right? When you when you're an adult, you can make your own life. Depending on your experience, you can embrace, yeah, what you what you are in your history, um, or you can be traumatized by it and want to go the opposite way. So for you, Courtney, how important, you know, is it to to be indigenous and how has that shaped your identity and your view and how you navigate the world? Um, I think that's a big question to answer. And I was in a space where we talked about like the indigenous perspective and somebody had asked a similar question and I answered with, well, I'm not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And if you're born native, um, it's a form of resistance. It's a form of resilience right. and it's a form of activism in itself um, because they wanted to kill us off. They didn't right. want us to be here. Um, proud indigenous woman. So to me, it's everything. And my the fact that my parents and my grandparents, so my like I said before, my father is a residential school survivor. And everything that I know, most of the things that I do know are because of my father or because of my mother or because of my grandparents and because of our elders. Everything is passed down, like that wisdom, that knowledge, these stories. Um, and we walk with it with like real pride with knowing like we're like we're like my generation is so proud to be who we are we're so proud to be blackfoot and they weren't allowed to be proud of who they were at one point like the older generations and in residential school you know my dad can't even tell me everything that he experienced because he doesn't want us to know and it's so real and it's so hard to know same with my grandparents. Um, I just learned recently that my mom did go to day school. She said she was like probably in denial, but she was, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. She didn't share that. She didn't share experiences. Um, 
So it is, it was really hard for them. Um, and when I did that language project, when I sat down with the elder, she said, you know, I didn't teach my children the language because I was so ashamed. And my dad had expressed that to me before too. And he said, I should have, I should have taught you guys. And I'm sorry that I didn't. And, but I understand, I know we lived in a different time and it's not their fault, but I feel like it's so healing to them and to our generation to really fully embrace who we are. And so being indigenous to me and my view on things is everything. Like I want my children to carry this wisdom and whatever they do with it, like share it with the world um, however they want, because we're, we get to, we're at an age where we get to show the world who we are. So I think the world needs to like, like get, be prepared to see what indigenous people come up with, like um, an indigenous futurism, like get, be prepared to see what, how we um, view technology and what we do with it and music and like, you know, we're just coming into mainstream media and like, I get excited because um, they didn't, we didn't have those role models growing up and now people are becoming those role models. And so it just makes me really excited. So I think that's my, my view and some of why I, I love being indigenous. Great. Because it's so important. And I, I love what, you know, meeting you and A, who was also a guest who will be on a future episode and and the rest of the crew at um, NFT NYC. And before we get into that and before we, you know, because I want the people listening to know more about the language project that you spoke of, is what what is the answer, the, the long or the short answer when people ask, what do you do? Um, what do I do? Well, first, I'm a mother. Um, but also I'm a graphic artist. I don't know what I Googled the terms the other day. I was like, I better have an answer for this next time because like I do multiple different art. Um, but mainly right now it's just the graphic, um, art or graphic design. I do work with the outlaw team. Um, but I feel like I'm still learning so much about web three and NFTs too. Like I've only been in it for a year and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, like there's so much to learn. Um, so I'm still learning. I'm still a student to all this new stuff, but um, did work on a project recently that we talked about before um, that it's a book about indigenous culture. I had to draw illustrations and try to translate some blackfoot words into art. Um, and then... Um, Yesterday, I was in a meeting to showcase a website that was designed around my art. They wanted an indigenous perspective on healing. And like, um, I tried to do it as best as I can. And I think that, I mean, I'm proud of myself. I think I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's coming out soon. Um, And I am happy to share with anybody who wants to know. But right now, I'm just taking a break, um, just working with Outlaw. And just being a mom and a wife. So you're you're a, a mother, um, and you are a, a multidisciplinary artist or multidisciplinary creative, because you yeah. do so many different things, right? Like you're an artist. You can illustrate. You can also do that analog with 
with, you know, what, you know, pencils or whatever, whatever medium. You could also do it digitally. Um, you could also design. Um, and then creatively, you work other ways as well. Uh, if you want to share what you've been doing, as you touched upon uh, earlier about the language projects and, you know, what you're doing with that and how important that is, because I feel that is also part of, you know, being a creative is finding creative ways on how to communicate and pass down history. Yeah. Um, that's, it was really important to me. Um, and the fact that I was able to do that, it was something close to my heart, but I think it was really like the realization that I don't know my own indigenous language. Um, really kind of like it's, it's painful not to know. I think, um, I, I, it's hard um, to sit here and be like, oh, I don't know my native language. I only know some words, but to connect with them in certain ways, it was really hard for me to sit down and draw because I was like, I sat down with the one and she said, the one elder, and she said, um, one, one of these words can explain our whole culture. So I don't know how to put it into one word. And so I was like, okay, that that doesn't help because I can't draw or hold like I could try. Um, and so I had to like sit and I had to pray. I had to smudge and bring out an offering because I don't, I had no idea. And I thought, okay, oh, yeah, I could do this. No problem. But it became harder as I realized more and more, I don't know my own, I don't know my own language. And I sit down with my dad sometimes and I could be saying, the wrong thing or not even the right word and he like I'll be thinking I'll say it right and he'll say say it again say it again that's not how you say it say it like this and I'll be frustrated in myself and he'll say it's okay like right. just like take a breath and it's really hard um, to I guess accept that there's a lot of acceptance I think that needs to come with healing and I think right. I'm not fully I don't know how to fully accept that you know, it was just, we don't, I don't have that. Um, so I'm really willing to learn lately. Um, it was really eye-opening how much more I wanted to learn after that. And I keep looking at those illustrations and I'm like, I could have done this better or I could have said this better. But I mean, it's, it's just a perspective um, and it's a learning, uh, a learning lesson for me, I guess, in life. I think what you're doing, just even talking about this in this public forum is major. And I think it's healing for yourself, but also healing for so many that are listening. Because what you told your father and your, you know, your other ancestors that they said that they're sorry for not teaching you, but you know that it wasn't their fault. It is also not your fault, right? And, and I had to, it's something that I worked on in therapy for me. And I think for me, especially, and for those of us that present more of whatever we are, it's even harder because you, I'm not, I, you know, I fluent understand for days, but for me, it's a different thing because the language is there. It's also the language of our colonizers. So there's like levels upon levels. But, you know, just knowing that, you know, it's so much in our community, so much shame is put on you for not knowing it. Right. And so I had to 
wrestle with, you know, my therapist was like, it's not your fault. You were from another generation. You're they were your mom was trying to survive and try to see what's the best way to, for you to survive. So she didn't make you like I it was my first language, but you know. So, anyways, my other question is in in our, you know, in, in the Latinx, Latine, you know, culture, there's like the no sabo kids. There's like a name for it where it's like lovingly, mockingly say, talking shit about it. And there's also this other saying, like a nopa, like it's crazy that you don't know Spanish because you you have a big cactus on your head. Like you look like it, basically. Is there something equivalent that goes around, at least in your community? Yeah, there is. Um, so most of my generation and uh, the younger generations after residential school, we don't really know Fluent Blackfoot. Um, a lot of us are trying to reclaim it and learn it. And I think with technology, we're trying to see how we can utilize it to continue, um, you know, learning it and teaching right. it. Um, but there is a saying, and I don't, well, I don't think we have any words in Blackfoot for it, but like, there's people who say like, oh, this girl, she just acts white or this girl, mm -hmm. she's a, yeah. Like, um, you can tell who hasn't grown up on the res. You can tell who hasn't grown up around their culture. And I mean, I, at least I can tell. And when I share with my friends, sometimes I go, like, if we share in a circle and I'm like, yeah, you can tell. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it comes with people who really need to prove how indigenous they are yeah. and really like, oh, I know more than you sort of thing. And it's just kind of like, if, like I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Right. I know I, I know who I am. Um, and I was privileged to grow up connected mm -hmm. with um, my tribe. So. I mean, there is words, but like, uh, I just want to be respectful, but we do say like, oh, you're an Apple Indian, like you're brown on the outside, but you're white and on the inside. Oh, got it. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Yeah. Like if there's an Oreo or like for different things, for different cultures. So I just, I was wondering if there was a similar thing, at least in, yeah. you, you know, you're from your experience, just because it seems to happen in all the different cultures. Right. And it's, yeah. and it's you know, it all stems. We all know where it stems from. If you think about it, it stems from colonization, the, you know, white supremacy. And, you know, and if once we start breaking it down and, and you're doing the work and, you know, I'm doing the work, like I want to get to another level where I feel, I, th I know for me, it's a, it's a mindset of, of, of breaking whatever's holding me back. And you're doing amazing work because you're healing yourself, but because you're doing a a public project, you're helping so many others and future generations to 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 learn and preserve the language, right? And you and I met at like I mentioned before at NFT NYC because you were on a panel, a beautiful, gorgeous, all indigenous panel. They put everybody together, but at least you guys were there, and it was right before the Latinas and Web three panel. So it was a lot of love. It was a lot of energy. It was similarities that we, you know, and and the meetings and the talks that we've had so far. So speak on, if you can, briefly, why Web3? Why the new technologies? 
and how that connects. Like what what are what are the intentions? Is you're not I know for sure, people probably know for sure it's not the money grab. So what is it, Courtney, for you? Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears, which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. I Okay, so I'm still learning so much about Web3 and NFTs. Um, for me, my husband was into NFTs and like was like a huge degen and like buying into all these projects. And then he noticed one-in-one art. And he also said like, there's not really indigenous people in there. So you should, you should do some digital art, like put your stuff out there. And so I went in there. I think I entered a contest uh, for pixie jars mm-hmm. and they wanted. So because he got me a pixie jar as a gift, as an NFT. And so I entered the contest and I didn't win. But I mean, that was my first NFT anything. And um, I didn't know the people I was going to meet. I didn't know that there was spaces where people spoke in spaces. And I remember I Googled, I mean, I Googled, I, I looked on Twitter for a bunch of, um, I wrote down different like indigenous terms to see if there was anybody who was in NFTs. And I found indigenous women fighters who was no longer on Twitter, um, but I had found them. And I think one of the girls was from Hawaii and the other girl was yeah. Filipino indigenous. And I had connected with them and like, that's how it started. Like I just started connecting with other people. And I noticed that when people talked about indigenous culture and spaces, it wasn't um, as authentic or they didn't know how to answer certain things. And I was terrified to speak in spaces. So, but I was like, I know this. And if I don't speak it, then they're never going to know. Right. So I started building the courage to speak in spaces. And that's how I found um, Sandra 
barbarian esque art and she had these spaces to help people like um with their social anxieties or fear of speaking in spaces so i would go to those constantly and um i just started finding out who i where i belonged i guess Mm -hmm. in the nft space and i started creating my own artwork um that was really talking about me connecting back to my spirit my healing journey so it was really about i guess myself um and the growth that i've accumulated throughout the past year because it's only been a year um and to the people that i've met like it's really the community um a has been i mean just a really big support through everything I really feel like we were meant to meet. Um, And yeah, like it's just the people I think. And the more I learn about it, I want to try and put my parents' knowledge into the blockchain so that Mm -hmm. it stays forever. Because I always tell them, what am I going to do when you're no longer here? Because every time I don't know the answer to something, I go and I ask them. Or even if I do know it, they know more than me. And like... I want to keep that and I don't want it to ever go away. I just always want to keep it. So if I can find a way to put it into the blockchain or into Web3 somehow, I want to do that. So I think it's just like my own journey, um, connecting with beautiful friends, having these beautiful connections, just like the connection that you and I made and everybody that we met in NYC and um, learning how to preserve culture learning how to preserve our language. And I think it's just an ongoing journey. So that's why I guess Web3 and no, that is why the community, culture, you know, everything that comes with it, it's just been a good experience for me. So I I hope that explains it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, hearing you guys, you, your panel speak, and the way you guys showed up for each other and the way you guys represented on stage. And I mentioned it when I was talking to A and when I, we talked before is, you know, you people were crying. We were crying like we felt it because it's for others that aren't marginalized. I think I think we're similar in that way. Both of our groups, we don't take this opportunity lightly for me. For me, I was like, OK. I haven't spoken in person. I've been doing live speaks, but because the pandemic has been online again. So I got used to that, right? Where you have your notes on the side and da da da, no one could see you. And I was nervous about saying yes to giving my own talk for 10 minutes because I was like, you know what? This is a great opportunity to be in front of these white people <laughs> and show them what this new technology can really do to help marginalized communities and other marginalized communities to change the world, right? To show them that we're not here just for the same, you know, the same reasons. And so seeing your, in hearing your panel and feeling your panel, then because the research that I had done for mine, it was for um, how, how to empower and onboard um marginalized communities how nfts can do that when i did my research i had 10 minutes i was like what can i do and i was like okay i'm going to show them how this can be happened with social empowerment 
um, creative empowerment and economic empowerment. So for the social empowerment, it was, uh, uh, you know, um, a mutual friend, um, an artist, another indigenous artist. And I wanted to show what it could do for indigenous communities around the world. And what you talked about is exactly what my research came up with and what I feel we could do for all marginalized communities, right? It's, it's, and I mentioned, especially for indigenous communities, we are all, all, mostly all marginalized communities, especially in communities of color, is we pass down history orally, right? From our elders, that's what we do. That's, we've always done. And now we can, I called it in the presentation, like on Web3, have an archive that is different from having your shit on on the internet, right? It's different because there's a receipt. Yeah. It's a ledger showing ownership, right? Yeah. And, and the excitement that I felt knowing what can happen for indigenous communities because you can take ownership of land, of, of language, of designs, of preserving cultural history artifacts and be like, nah, right here ours we've been here you guys try to take it no more like that's the power of the shit and i don't think people understand like there's so many people and i'm sure you feel the same way or happens to you in my family that they're like they have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) they have no idea what i've been doing for the past you know year and a half two years and i've tried to explain like this is so important this is a this could be the beginnings a tool used for a major cultural shift mm-hmm. on so yeah. many levels, right? And I feel like people don't understand that enough. They'll get it. But it it it's people like you, Courtney, that are going into this space with a mission. And I always say the mission's bigger than us. For not just us. It's not if it's not for me. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for all of us. We're doing it with community for community. So that's what's important. Okay, so Courtney, let's go into the questions and comments from the audience. And then I think that after that, I think that will go into directly really well for you to tell the folks about um, Outlaw Rising. So the question okay. and comments from the audience is, what does representation mean to her? I think you touched upon it a little bit, but this is maybe a little bit more uh, specific. And tell her I say I love her. And that's from creator, entrepreneur, illustrator, artist, Lucia Diaz that we also met that you also met um an NYC NFT NFT NYC yeah um can you repeat the question sorry what does representation mean to her um well firstly I do love Lucia <laughs> and I really enjoyed meeting everybody at NFT NYC um representation is just letting people know that we're we're here. We're still here. Um, proud indigenous, um, deadly warriors. Um, I just wanted. I learned something recently, because I mean, <laughs> I um, and I wanted to share this. So I'm from the Blood Tribe, and it's also known as uh, Gay Night or Many Chiefs. But um, I was telling my dad, I was like, so the Blood Tribe why were we called the blood tribe and he was like because we were known for blood and i was like oh that's that's really cool like 
um, yeah, Blackfoot people were known as lords of the plains. We were deadly, fierce warriors. And I want people to know that. Like, yeah. with representation, I want people to know that. Like, if it wasn't for, um, you know, like, the buffalo being um, taken out, like, our people, if our people weren't starving at the time, who knows what would have happened? Mm-hmm. And our people didn't surrender. We signed the treaties. They didn't want to fight us because they knew how deadly we were. And so that I feel like that's what representation is, is telling people like, these are our people. Like I'm here, I'm here to represent, I'm here to educate. Um, I'm here to showcase what our people can do. I think that we need to start acknowledging that and acknowledging that we're not just Indians in the past. We're here, we're utilizing the technology. We're growing and um, I think it's, yeah, it's really important and I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what future generations are going to bring. Um, and I think it's so healing. Uh, and yeah, so that's representation to me. Sure. I love that. I lo- and I love that you're, you want people to know like, yo, we're here. And also guess what? We're here. Um, we never signed the treaty. They feared us. That's our legacy. That's who we are. That's who that's who we were. That's who we continue to be. Like, don't get it twisted. (laughs) You know, uh, this is the reality. This is our history. Look it up. And where we got that um, that same uh, tenacity, passion, um, you know, in us. And that's how we move forward. But now we just have different tools and different methods. and. There was a beautiful Twitter space after, you know, like the bridges being built since we've met at NFT NYC. We had a Twitter space. Ola Metaverso had a Twitter space. We had you guys on. You weren't able to make it, but A was on. And then you were kind enough and, and graceful enough to to uh, let us be part a uh, guest on yours. It was great. We talked about so many necessary things in an honest, rough, rock and raw way, in a way where it was a safe space, so we could we could speak in those what, that way. And it reminded yeah. me then, and this reminds me now of someone that uh, reminded me that we always think about generational trauma and generational trauma. Yeah, we carry all that shit, and we're trying to heal. So the healing alone, that just two people, you and I have done doing so much is reverberating in so many ways, right? But if your group of us, if all of us start doing this healing is great. But one thing we also need to remember, and they reminded me, and I tr- always try to remember and remind my my son, the supernatural bear, with the generational trauma, we also have the generational wisdom, right? Yeah. We have the the generational fight. The generational uh, uh, fuck around and find outness. <laughs> yeah. We have that. And we can't yeah. forget that shit either, right? Let's heal the other mm-hmm. shit for sure. Because then the other stuff is going to be even that much more powerful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for that. All right. Let's get into the not so rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions. Courtney, okay. are you ready? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Three words to describe yourself. Um, kind, 
understanding and creative. Yes. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Um, to choose yourself because you're the most important person in your life. And I think especially for mothers, because if you're not okay, then your children will not be okay. Um, they feel everything that you do. And so when you take care of yourself, you're taking care of your family. And so always choose yourself, always love and take care of yourself. And that is something that I learned way too late in life um, because I, you know, I missed out on so much and I was always people pleasing. So mm, please yourself, <laughs> love yourself. Right. Especially for everyone, but especially for us mamas. We can't be the best mamas and best healers and supporters and and those that give the love and 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 teach the wisdom and and all the tools for life if if we're fucked up. Yeah. And, and especially if we're fucked up and denying that we're fucked up. Oh no, no, no. That's recipe. Recipe for disaster. Okay. What's the song that you listen to to get you hyped when you need? Um I think it changed from last time. It's called Sila from the Hallucination or a tribe called Red. Love it's just like a it's um it's from the Inuit up north. Um mm. their breath their breath work and like the the beat that goes with it. It's, it's really cool. I really like it. So I recommend a listen. Love that. I will be adding it to the Word to Your Mama guest hype list playlist that we have on Spotify that is now going about four hours. And for each episode that drops, we I bring in the, the latest one to the top. And I don't I think this is the first time we've had hallucination on there. I um, fell in love with them. I don't know all their music, but there's a couple of tracks I listen to all the time. And I wanted to see yeah. them live, but it was last year. So still kind of sketchy for me, pandemic wise. I did, you know, and it was in a really small venue in LA. And I was so yeah. bummed because I wanted to see them. I'm sure seeing them live, you know, perform those songs live is a whole nother experience. So I'm hoping I get to do it next round. Final question, Courtney. Yeah. What will be your legacy? That that's a big word. Um, my legacy will be that. Well, I know everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, she was the kindest person ever," because that's what everyone always says. Yes, that I was kind, that I was really understanding. I think, and that I made people see all perspectives of things. Because I really try hard to understand everybody and the way things are. And I think that comes along with the healing because it, it takes, I mean, I think the way we are and even good people, bad people, whoever you are, there's a reason for it. And I think in today's world, there's a reason for why the world is the way that it is. And if we only understood each other and were kinder to one another, I mean, we could, if we really wanted to, we could change 
the way we looked at things and the way we understood, um, I guess, why our people suffer um, and are still mourning today. If people looked in and came and sat and heard our stories, they would understand our people a lot better. And I'm always willing to listen and understand um, other people as well. So yeah, being understanding, being kind, um, and being artsy. <laughs> that too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You, and, and just in this conversation, I think the, the listeners will agree that part of your legacy, Courtney, is preserving your culture's heritage in a huge way with language because that was one of the many things that your ancestors were denied and that's one of the things that they can't take that away from you now like whatever happened in the past to your father your mother and those before them is not their fault and you have the power and you're taking the power and using it and you're going to be providing so many more generations to come um, a gift. So thank you so much, Courtney, for that. Before we thank leave, you. please tell the folks about Outlaw Rising and when that is coming up. Well, I don't think I'm the best person to speak on this. Um, and I know A probably already shared, but Outlaw Rising is really just a group of women from all ethnicities coming together and creating a really amazing NFT and utility. And I think the way we want to highlight artists and indigenous cultures and bringing people together and just like try to um, implement healing in different ways, um, that's what it's about. And it's about, yeah, like the culture, the art, um, the people, and that's my takeaway from it. And I don't know if I'm allowed to share everything. So of course, of course, that's Outlaw Rising. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for everything. So there's a little bit about it. We're recording and this will also drop in June. When can when will it be launched fully? Um, I know people could go to the site now and kind of sign up for to get notified but when do you anticipate it um i think within the next couple months i don't want to say for sure because i'm not a part of the programming got it um so whenever that is ready but i know we're really trying to like finish everything to get going um so i can't i'm not the person to be like this is when everything is gonna drop and this is when we're coming out so yeah that's I love the artwork share. so far. I'm super excited for the project. Meeting you and A and knowing that I'm sure whatever team you have got you've assembled is going to be top notch in quality and aligned with what you guys are about. I'm super excited. We're here to support in any way. So before we leave, please let the people know how they can get a hold of you and find you, see what you're up to. And I will definitely have everything in the show notes for them to, so that it's super easy and clickable. Okay. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram and my name is Running Fox on Twitter and it's it's um, Sinobomok on 
Instagram and I sh- I'm going to update my links, but you can also find me um, through the outlaw links soon too. So, um, but Twitter mainly. And I just want to point out that June is National Indigenous Peoples Month and it is also Pride Month. So I want to say that our Two-Spirit community um, in my culture was really honored at a high high level we really accepted them they were like um our our medicine people they were our best warriors when it came to you know going into battle um and so i want to honor that and i want people to know that so i'm not just celebrating indigenous people i'm also celebrating the two-spirit community and i want people to know that yeah in our in black culture you're highly honored you're highly sacred and we accept you. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Muchísimas gracias, Courtney, for this redo. Unfortunately, people weren't going to hear the first one, but I think this is even better, right? Because we, we you know, we're, we're, we got to, to, to retell the stories and maybe some new things came up from since the last time. So thank you so much. And I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I'm so happy that we're in each other's lives. Excited for these the bridge that we've built and excited to see what else we could do together in the future. Thank you. It was a real honor to be here and my first podcast interview. Yeah, great. Thank you for letting it be here. I'll word to your mama. And now introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear Hello and welcome back to the SMB Corner. Today on the SMB Corner, we're going to be reviewing Transformers Rise of the Beasts, a very highly awaited film by fans alike. Um, Overall, it's an amazing movie. There are a few minor pacing issues and a... Spoiler warning, but no one listens to this part anyway. (laughs) Spoiler warning. um, um, Scourge's death is just absolutely... Amazing! It's so beautiful. Like, Optimus does show Scourge the true power of a prime. Woo! Great scene. Um, great movie. Pablo, aka Wheeljack. Woo! Um, there's not much to say about it. Um, besides the fact that's just an awesome movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. But I, I haven't watched Across the Spider-Verse yet, so that may change, but who knows? So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a short review. Um, yeah, thank you. And also, before I go, I'd like to say a huge thank you to all of our Patreons who are helping making this possible. You keep the food on the table. You guys help keep the lights on. And you guys help keep the PlayStation 4 running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye. Do shoobidoes. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Episode 135 with Courtney Running Fox. Beautiful episode. I'm so glad. She, you know, said let's let's do it again. I'm I'm down and I appreciate her time excited for everyone to 
check out Outlaw Rising. I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing and how they're going to be representing um, for, you know, so many different people. And then Supernatural Bear, um, you know, he was so hyped about this. If you listen to one of the past nerd outs, I think the last nerd out we talk about going to TFCon LA, which is the Transformers convention, and him meeting and taking photos, having an amazing interaction with Peter, Sir Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime. And so, you know, this was a big deal. And we knew we we're up to date with all the latest trivia because he keeps abreast of everything Transformers. And we know the information, whether we want to know it or not. We are his outlet. And we just, you know, in the morning I wake up to a grip of, you know, facts. And it's amazing. He's very disappointed now that he, you know, the student has become the master. We introduced him to Transformers and now he's above and beyond so when the movie came out he was sick so when it premiered we weren't able to take him he was super bummed but while he was already 90 percent, i believe he we told him he had to be 100 percent to go and we surprised him to go see uh, with tickets to see it during the week at d-box that they have here out in the desert and it was a fantastic the soundtrack alone kids <laughs> if you're you know if you grew up in the 90s uh, we were in college in the 90s i mean the soundtrack alone is a winner but yes we totally recommend it and as always thank you so much for the support email us if you have any questions suggestions comments leave a review all the different ways you can support and uh, as always uh we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, I want to email us. You want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritzyperiwinkle.com. Make sure to follow Word to Your Mama on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcast, or download the Latina Podcasters Network app.